0: Well, good morning and welcome everyone. I am your host, James Orr, and this is a brand new class for the serving real estate webinar series, substack, podcast, videos, whatever we're doing. And uh this one is a kind of like I don't know, almost like a secondary class to the one we did yesterday. Yesterday, we covered the cost of running a local investor group or club. And today, we're going to cover the cost of running a local real estate investor podcast. So that's what we're planning on covering. I expect this to be really short class. Yesterday was a little bit longer, but today is going to be really, really short. And today, we're going to cover sort of the setup costs that are unique to the podcast and then the setup costs that are sort of shared with running a real estate investor group. And then I'll do like more the ongoing running costs of setting up the or, or or running the podcast and then the kind of costs that are sort of shared with the group. Because there's there's a little bit of overlap, right? I mean, I think the plan is, I think in my mind at least, that you start a group, you know, you go for a meetup, you have investor classes that you're creating, you're marketing the classes onto the group and to your email list, people are showing up to your group, you're teaching the class, you're recording the class, then you're taking the class and you're taking the recording of the class and you're publishing it to your websites and YouTube and you're publishing it to your podcast as audio and you're really providing, you're, you're sort of like leveraging your work. You know, a lot of times when I think about the real estate investing business that I did, one of the reasons for doing the classes was to save myself time is I know that when I'm out looking at properties with clients that they're inevitably going to ask me about the different loan programs or, you know, buying properties with nothing down, you know, what are all the strategies for doing that? Or, you know, what are some tips for, you know, developing down payments or, you know, how do we, you know, how do we uh, screen tenants or, um, you know, how do you think about, you know, deal analysis, or how do you do deal analysis? Like, there's a whole bunch of things that people ask me. And I could go, if I wanted to, and give them a what I would refer to as sort of a half ass sort of answer to their question in five minutes, you know, between opening the door and walking around the property. And they're asking some questions about how do you do deal analysis? And you, you throw a tip out there, you throw another tip out there, and you tell them, oh, and don't forget about this because you really haven't taken the time to sit down and very thoroughly think it out. Or you could say to them, Hey, look, I'm going to go and spend a full day writing out this amazing outline of everything that I can think of related to whatever topic you're teaching them. You know, whether that's down payments or the financing stuff or um, improving their loans or how to improve cash flow or how to analyze a deal or how to screen tenants or how to market their property how to prepare their property how to look at properties like uh, like the whole thing eventually you want to cover but you start off with one thing you take the your the, the time you need to do some research you know use AI to get some help go re- go do searches on the internet for things pull up stuff watch a couple of YouTube videos like you gather all the information you need and then you compile your own own unique presentation on this particular topic honestly you can use a lot of my stuff um, don't copy my stuff like don't just like verbatimly wrote copy it and claim it as your own um, especially some of my trademark stuff but you can go ahead and use mine as kind of like a guide for hey you know when James talks about deal analysis these are like the 12 things he covers and then go teach your own version of that and then you go and you show up in the class you teach your version you record it and then that becomes the podcast episode that becomes the stuff. Oh, I, I, was, I was going here and I was telling you, this is how I save time. So instead of doing this one-on-one half-assed, I, I could actually go and do a really good job and teach it to like a group of, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five people, 50 people, however many people show up for your live class. But then the number of people that actually will end up watching the video and listen to the podcast is way bigger. Like I shared numbers with you before, like in a typical class, I would say, you know, a for the like Wednesday night classes we were doing, a low attendance class would probably be in the 10 range. A like decent attendance class would be in like the 20 to 25 range. And a full classroom would probably be closer to 50. Like people bringing in their like soccer chairs and standing and, you know, doing that stuff. Like a packed house would be like 50 for the classroom that we had set up. But compare that to the number of people that would download and listen to the podcast. That was over 400. And I shared with you my numbers for that. Like, I, I showed you my podcast stats in a previous class. Go watch that if you want to see it. And I'm about to go, you know, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of me starting the city-specific real estate investing podcast that I'm doing, and uh, I'm starting to just gather some preliminary numbers of, like, you know, what the first year looked like and what our growth was and, you know, what my expectations working forward are. And we've had, uh, like, right now, just under 30,000 downloads of that podcast, not per day, not per person, but 30000 in aggregate. So is it worth taking the time to do these classes so that you can save yourself time? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It is totally worth it. Um, but you know, I think you can get frustrated because you think, oh, I taught a class and only one person showed up or no one showed up. I, know, I mean, the, the class I taught this morning for the Real Estate Investor Podcast, the one that has you know, 30,000 downloads, no one showed up live, zero. No one's on right now. Like This is like meta. It's like almost like, you know, uh, what's that movie where they kind of like back out? Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like with, uh, oh, I don't even remember the guy's name either. Oh, man. What's called? Inception? Where you're kind of like Inception, you do this. So I'm showing you. There's no one on right now. But I think over time, there will be people that will listen to the recording, they'll listen to this on the podcast, they'll go watch the videos or whatever, and it will be helpful and valuable to you. In fact, if it's helpful and valuable, please leave a comment. (laughs) So at least I know, right? Like, that's the idea. Okay, so let's talk about the setup part of doing a podcast. Um, The costs that are unique to doing the podcast, there's, I I think you probably should have uh, a unique podcast cover art for your podcast so that when people like find it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever they're going, Apple Podcasts, they can actually see Your artwork and it be unique, it be branded to you in some form or another. Um, and most real estate agents, though, brand to your face, so um, it's helpful if you have your face on there, and even if you call it the city name real estate investing podcast with your name, um, I would do that. Um, there probably are compliance rules with this, so you know, definitely check with your managing broker and stuff of that nature, but uh, I probably would try not to. Include my brokerage name on the podcast. You may be definitely in the gray area. Maybe even I'm giving you bad advice on that. So definitely check with your broker. You may be required to have your brokerage name on there because I don't know if they're going to consider this to be like marketing for your brokerage. So um, if anyone finds out what their broker tells them, I'd be super interested. Drop me an email. Let me know what your broker thinks about that. Or you know if you think that we, we should be doing this based on uh, the National Association of Realtors Ethics or something like that. But you're not advertising a property. You know, you're you're really having like a, a show. So I, I don't think you do, but I, I'm not an expert on this. So find out. But for me, I probably would definitely have my face on there. And if you've seen mine, you, you'll notice I do have my face on there. Um, and then have the name of the podcast, um, some stylized font or color palette. Um, I would pick a color palette. I probably should do a whole class on some of this stuff, like picking the color palette and doing all that. But you're going to end up, this is really a class on the cost, right? So you're going to want to get a unique podcast cover art that's unique to you probably have your logo, your picture on there. And the podcast cover art should cost you about $100 to $300. Sometimes I'll go on like Fiverr, uh, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And I'll usually, you know, look through people that I'll do search for like podcast cover art. And I'll look through the people and I'll, I'll try to find someone who's got several styles that i like. And maybe I'll even point out, look, I like this one, you know, try to do one in this style. I'll usually give them my picture, uh, my logo, if I have one for my thing, um, the color palette that I want to try to use if possible, um, uh, as much detail about the color palette as possible because I want to be consistent with my meetup, my podcast, the website if I'm gonna do that, and any other stuff. I, I have a I have a color palette that I've been using with the real estate financial planner., uh, you probably guys have, have noticed it. it's the blue, the green, the red, the yellow um orange there's kind of like a set number of colors that we kind of use for that um and i tend to use that over and over again although i'll make exceptions and you'll notice the serving real estate investor one. you know i i picked this little like icon thing of a purple gem with wings and a crown and a little kind of like uh whatever you call that thing the, the title bar um scroll looking title bar thing almost like you'd have with like cupid or something, or, you know, when you say I love mom on your tattoo. Um, so I, I got this little icon thing and we're using purple primarily for the serving real estate investors. Cause I've never used purple before for any of my businesses. And it seemed like a good color for kind of what we were trying to do with this serving real estate investors and the, the crown and, you know, treating them like, like royalty sort of thing. Right. Um, so anyway, you'll want to have the podcast cover art. And sometimes on Fiverr, I might hire two or three different artists if I'm willing to. And I want to get a good variety. And I know it's something I'm going to be sticking with for a long period of time, even beyond when I personally get sick of it because you want to have consistency in the marketplace. And so I'll pay usually to get a, a, range, of value, a range of designs by a couple of different artists, even though they'll say they'll do unlimited designs. Sometimes I want a totally different artist to give me their opinion on something and get some stuff there. And then I'll use the one I like best. I'll pick one and I'll do that. It usually it costs about $100, a hundred bucks, a little bit more to do one. And so I put a hundred dollars to $300. Like I had the one done for uh, serving real estate investors. If you go look on the podcast for this one, you'll see it. And I think I paid like just over a hundred bucks for that on Fiverr, you know, a month ago. So not very long ago at all is when I did that and kind of give you an idea. Uh, then also what I think you'll probably want to do is you'll probably want to have a professional, someone other than your voice, Although there's arguments of both ways of doing this, but I think it's better to have a third party announce your podcast and almost introduce you. And so I'd usually pay someone to do a professional voiceover and do a podcast intro with some background music, you know, like a little theme jingle thing um, and then have them, not like a jingle, but like background music with some sounds and then have them come in and say, you know, welcome to the, whatever your city name is, real estate investing podcast with your host, you know, whatever your name is. Um, you know, helping you invest in real estate in the blah, blah, blah area. And, you know, write your script for that. And if, you, if you're struggling with a script, AI is your friend. You know, go log into ChatGPT or Bing or whatever you're doing there and say, um, I'm looking for a script for the opening introduction to a podcast about real estate investing in this city. And they will give you some ideas. And if you don't like what they give you, do the script again. It'll give you something different. And, you know, try to describe, like, what you don't like or what you do like. AI is amazing. You should definitely use it, okay? So the, uh, the like, unique to podcast setup stuff, on the low end, you're probably, on the low end, you could probably do this really cheap yourself, you know, go get a canvas, use paint in Microsoft, whatever it is, the free version of the art <laughs> thing if you really want to. Don't recommend that, but you could do something, you know, that cheesy. Um, and you you could introduce yourself you could record a little you know 30 second thing and save the money to do this but i think if you're going to do this long term it might help to actually do it professionally for the first time and have it done right and so you know 200 bucks to 500 bucks i think is the range for getting your stuff set up you will need um some recording equipment you'll need like a microphone to be able to you know record the 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 classes you're doing but that's sort of shared with the group right i mean you're going to do it that way and if you're going to just record yourself in your office, you'll want to still have a microphone. So that's sort of a cost that it's probably shared with starting a real estate investor group. However, if you're not going to do the group, you're just going to do the podcast, which you could do, um, then you'll probably need a microphone for the in-person stuff. I do have a microphone up there, but I don't use it. I I use my like gaming headset because I don't know. I like that. And when I tilt my head back and forth and I tilt around, I do all that stuff. You guys can't hear as much me turning away from the microphone and losing volume and stuff like that, which is what you get when you use like a static mic like that one. And uh, that's not the first microphone like that I bought. I I have another version of that just not shown. it just that, that one happens to be on the shelf. Okay, so that's your setup stuff. Now, running the podcast, running a podcast is really inexpensive. You can do free podcast software, like, for example, Substack, Substack.com, which is what we use for running the ServingRealEstateInvestors.com kind of video thing, they have the ability to run a podcast in there. You can just go ahead and put the podcast on there and run it through there and you know syndicate it out doing whatever you need to do. Um, I prefer to pay a third-party service to h- kind of host the podcast. Um, I, don't, I, I have this weird belief, and maybe it's not even a, uh, a valid weird belief, but I have this weird belief that if I'm paying someone for a service then that service is like, is more likely to stick around and I have more of a say in what I'm requesting and what I want to see in that particular service. So for like the podcast one, as an example, you could do a bunch of different free ones. I, I think just uh, Substack is just one I happen to know about about doing the free podcast service. But the, um, the, ones, of, like, the ones that I pay for, I pay for Transistor. Uh, transistor.fm, although there's other ones I pay for too. I think I pay for podcast.co as well. Um, And I also pay for uh, buzzsprout.com. It's another podcast software. And they're all in that sort of like $20 to $50 a month. They can go up into the $100, but you're not going to need that until you get some significant momentum going on with your podcast. And so you won't need to worry about that at all. However, this next tool, I think you will want to pay for. Uh, There is a free version, but I think it's worth paying for the, the thing. It's a service called Descript. Descript is a software application you install on your computer And it allows you to edit the audio and video um, of your podcasts and videos that you want to do on there. And it has some really, really good features. Um, One of the things that allows you to do is when you load your audio or recording of whatever you're doing for your class, or if you're just doing your podcast, and you can record directly to this as well. That's another reason, but I I digress for a second. So when when you upload your video, it actually will transcribe your entire video for you and show you the text and it will match where you are in the video. So if you, if you like scroll down the page into your transcription and you look at you know something that you're saying, if you click on that, it'll jump to where that was in the video. Now, what's awesome about it is if you said something that was a mistake, like occasionally I'll stick my foot in my mouth while teaching a class, and I will say something that is absolutely wrong or probably more common, well, maybe not more common, but um, sometimes I'll say something that is not quite appropriate which I'll give you an example of right now, which I still don't think I'm wrong, but people do think I'm wrong. Apparently it's inappropriate to say, open the kimono. And I've always used that term as sort of like, I'll let you see you know, behind the scenes as to what's really going on, but apparently that's inappropriate. Um, so if you really felt you said it and then it was really inappropriate, you could do a search in Descript for kimono or open or whatever it is. And you could find out where that appeared really easily. Then just like a text editor, you could copy the phrase, the sentence that you had in the text editor and hit the delete key and it will literally remove that audio and the video portion of your thing. So it's like when you're editing your video and your audio, you edit it like you would a text document. And so it's awesome for being able to do that. The other cool thing it can do is it allows you to be able to replace a word. So you could train it on your voice. It's got like a whole bunch of your voice samples when you do the recording. And then if you happen to say, you know, appreciation was 6% last year and it really was 7% last year, you could technically go through and edit your own audio and change the six to a seven and it would just use your own voice and seamlessly merge that in there. You go highlight the 6% in the text, you type in the word seven and you click overdub and it will actually use your voice based on what it sounds like for you to do that and replace it. Really powerful tool worth, in my opinion, the 50 to 30 bucks or so per month. I think I'm on the $30 a month plan. And that's what I use to edit my audio uh, video. and video. And I will tell you, like the Komodo thing I just said to you, that's not coming out. So sorry if it's offensive. I, I apologize. People let me know if it's offensive. I, I, I don't think it's offensive, but maybe it is. Um, but there you go. Uh, so anyway, I'm not editing stuff. You, most of the time when I'm editing my own audio, what I do is I cut out the silence because a lot of times I'll start recording and it takes me I don't know, 10, 15, 20 seconds to kind of get to the point where I'm like, okay, let's get started right now or hey, what's going on? And so I'll go edit out the like 15 seconds of silence at the beginning and then the 15 or 20 seconds of silence at the end when it takes me to like hit the stop record button and that kind of happens. And so I end up just cutting off the ends of the audio, uh, like the the blank space. So that's the editing that I typically do on most of my audio. Occasionally I'll say something crazy and I'll be like, okay, I got to take that story out. I got to take something out. So I'll go remove whatever it is there, but you can go and edit this up into pieces and remove things around. And that's what the script does. So, There are some costs that are shared with doing the investor group. Like we talked about, you know, yesterday when we did the class, like if you're going to do webinars instead of the in-person one, then you're probably going to want to do zoom. You know, I think I pay $105 a month for my zoom subscription. So for like me to do these webinars right here, it's $105 a month and I could do, I think it's unlimited. I don't think it's limited. Uh, There is some limitations on the number of people that can show up. Oh, you had one person show up, uh, you know, while we're doing this live, you listen to the recording, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So one person is on live now, but most of the time, you know, a lot of times no one shows up. Like I told you this morning when I did my other class, zero people were on live, but there'll be, I don't know, at least a few hundred people that download it is my guess, um, you know, even with the new ones. So there you go. So Zoom, you could do that. PowerPoint, I think you probably want to do PowerPoint. If you're going to do your, your kind of like podcast one, do it at home uh, or your home office with a Descript sort of thing or your even regular office, you can use PowerPoint in order to do those. I do think you still want to have Dropbox, regardless of whether you're doing one, but that's sort of a a shared cost, because every time you record a podcast episode, in my opinion, those things are really valuable. It's like your intellectual property. You don't want to accidentally have a hard drive go on your computer, and then you lose all of these past recordings and stuff. That would be bad. And so, you want to have a backup that's constantly backing up everything you have. And so, I think it's totally worthwhile to pay for Dropbox. I think I pay $100 a year. I don't know why I have $12 a month on there. Maybe I looked it up and it's actually monthly, is a $12, but you do $100 a year. And then, in addition to my backup on Dropbox, I use Notion as a kind of like keeping track of where I am in the process. I will go over with you my entire like Notion process so that you understand like how I go from class ideation to class prep to you know, doing the marketing for the class to actually the post-production for the class. I have like a really good database-driven process in Notion that I will share with you so you guys can at least see that. But Notion's like five bucks a month for being able to do that. And it will save, you basically insert your files, your raw file, your edited file. This is the podcast version. This is the version I'm publishing to YouTube. This is the version I'm sending out in an email, whatever you're doing there. You could save all these different editions as part of like your process in Notion. And I do think that's like there. Um, that's like a really good, worthwhile tool. But those are sort of shared with doing an investor group. It's not really unique to doing the podcast. Uh, just like yesterday when I told you, honestly, the, the most expensive part of doing both the group and the podcast is time. And, and I think it's not even close. Um, I, yesterday, I talked about some of the numbers for how long it takes to do prep work for a class. even talked about a little bit earlier today. Um, but the idea is that your, your biggest expense here is time. You're either choosing to do your time to do marketing your old way, whatever that was that was working or not working for you, and or you're doing more of time where you're investing in intellectual property to attract people to you and adding value to their lives. And you're kind of doing that. So you could do what Gary Keller or some of these other guys are talking about about doing, you know, three hours worth of marketing a day in order to drive business to your drive, you know, drive prospects and stuff to your more traditional real estate brokerage business, or Maybe you spend a couple hours a day uh, preparing for a really good class and you're doing your marketing to get the people to come to that class and you show up and you teach the class and that could be your three hours a day. It's really a personal preference. Or maybe you decide I'm crazy and I want to do both. You know, I want to go do both the, the regular um, marketing stuff that I'm doing because that's working great and I've got some team members that can handle that and maybe I want to do this time to kind of grow the investor thing as well. So, all right. That's all I got for you for today. Um, thank you for coming on, Mel. I appreciate it. Um, and if you've got any other questions or anything like that, let me know. But this has been James Orr, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye for now.